Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business, here on CannabisRadio.com, presented by USCCExpo.com. This week, we're talking with the CEO of what is being called a, quote, huge Canadian cannabis conglomerate. I've been looking forward to this uh, interview for a while. Now, diversified in its holdings, Biome is steered by leaders in the cannabis space in finance, growing technologies, regulatory affairs, business building, and marketing. And here to join us to talk all about that is the CEO of Biome, who's joining us uh, in the middle of uh, some travel that he's doing, uh, still hustling, making some great business, Karam Malik. Uh, Karam, thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. Hey, my pleasure. Now, what caught my attention, like I said, that prompted me to bring you on was that Biome is currently engaging in one of the world's largest supply deals. So now, a recent press release I read was that you're going to be pairing with CBD Acres for a deal for 80,000 kilograms of hemp CBD over the next five years with plans to bring it to markets and other places like Africa and Asia, which haven't fully implemented medical programs utilizing THC. So what can you tell me about making this investment to, say, import or export cannabis in the African and Asian continents? Yeah, it's for, it's for a few reasons. So um, one thing we look at it is the way the regulations are written in Canada. Uh, the problem is that they're so strict that everything we do is very expensive up here. So if I have to produce medicines in our in our Cannabis Act compliant facilities, more on the THC side of things, yeah, the price points are going to be higher. And if you have, for example, I'll give you an example to illustrate the purpose. If you've got a sick kid with epilepsy and he or she has a bunch of seizures every single day and, and the parent has to go out and get medicine to basically stop those seizures, you're going to be out of pocket about $4,000 a month because there's no insurance coverage for that up here. I'm, sure, I'm assuming not in the U.S. either, right? Which is outrageous. Yeah. And you know, this is a non-psychoactive element product because we have to grow them in our indoor facilities. So there's no other choice. Well, what, ha- what changed in Canada was about uh, late last year is now we can actually extract the CBD from hemp, which we couldn't do before. Hemp's been grown in Canada for, for a long time. And we're one of the leading producers of hemp around the world. I think after China, we're, ne- we're number two. So now that we can actually take CBD out of it, it changes the economics dramatically. I, so we can grow hemp at a very affordable price point because we have a lot of interesting things happening in CBD acres. By the way, CBD acres, just for your listeners, is a related party to Biome. We, it's, we own, you know, it's the same founders, which are two separate corporate entities, which is why we can get a, it's some interesting, uh, you know, alliances with our, with our, what I call our sister company. So uh, what CBD acres allows us to do is actually produce a, a North American based medical product. CBD in this case, that is the lowest cost in the world. If you grew CBD in Africa, I would still hit the same price points I could hit here in Canada, which is not the case on the THC side of things, which I think is the most expensive cannabis in the world. Um, so it allows us to do incredible scale, incredible cost points, and to be able to ship it around the world with a main Canada quality attached to it, which is unusual, which we can't really pull off with that with our cannabis side of things. So that's what's interesting. And when you when, I, when we say 80,000 uh, uh, kilograms of, of CBD concentrate, that's concentrate. So every year that's 20,000 kilograms of concentrate. To put that in perspective, it takes about 180,000 kilograms of dried CBD uh, hemp flour to turn into 20,000 kilograms of concentrate. It literally is the largest supply deal in history. 
Yeah. And that's a lot of CBD. And uh, so through CBD acres, we've got proprietary strains, proprietary ways of processing all that biomass. So that company alone could probably do more flour than any of, of the largest licensed producers in Canada today with their indoor facilities and, and then some, but at a fraction yeah. of the cost. Now, uh, so it me, is uh, a pretty disruptive uh, development. Uh, all right, and then that freaked me. I started to show it's the name. The company name is Biome. So let me uh, make sure to correct that uh, right here and there. Now, so your company is saying that it has quote expertise to attack the burgeoning global market from a Canadian base. Now I've been talking to a number yes. of Canadian companies over the last few weeks here. Uh, several CEOs from Canadian-based cannabis companies here on Blunt Business, and from what I've deduced. They're starting to work on making the same inroads to build out a real import-export model. I've already kind of made the quote that it's as if Canada wants to be the next OPEC of cannabis. Now, talk to me about the balance of serving local customers at home and how much of focus uh, does a company like Biome make on making business abroad? No, fair enough. So if you look at the founders of Biome, our background is regulatory affairs. We've built regulated assets and operating uh, units around the world in highly regulated environments. So we're good at doing it right. There's no government we can't reach without one or two degrees of separation. Um, so so we are very focused on regulate, which allows us to do things overseas. Your typical life cannabis producers here in Canada cannot do because they're not regulatory specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Uh, there's a supply shortage in Canada right now. So I, I think you've got to be able to supply your local market before you look overseas. But uh, through the amount of CBD we're producing, we can supply the local market and the international markets. It's just the international markets are larger. Now, we do international differently than your typical licensed producer does. The way a typical LP approaches the international market from the Canadian context is they wait for rules to be published in, these, in some country then a request for proposal to come in and then we'll jump in and say, okay, we'll partner up with a local partner and we'll, we'll put an application in. That's fine. I have no interest in being the 16th licensed producer to Germany, for example, which has a great market, but <laughs> right. you know, it's well, it's well serviced. We are going into countries where there's no, there's nothing on the books. We are convincing governments to launch medical programs or there are there regs underway and we're getting involved. To, it's a significant help those regs. And the way we do that is, if you look at Asia now, there's society, they're more conservative uh, societies than what you see in Canada, the U.S., or, or Western Europe. So convincing them to launch a, uh, a THC-based medical program is a little difficult because, you know, it's a, a mind-altering substance. But convincing them to go, okay, let's start, it's convincing them to start with CBD-based meds initially as a phase one, then phasing in THC-based meds second, and maybe recreational down the road, who knows, is a much easier sell to do. And, uh, you know, we've got clinical evidence, we've got doctors and all that that can support certain diseases or medical conditions can be very effectively treated with CBD. So what we do is, you know, right, let's start with a very targeted program. CBD is meds for one or two conditions, then four or five, three, four or five conditions later on, then THC-based meds for the next 20 conditions. And then if you want to do rec, I don't know, five, six years, we'll right. all have a conversation about it. But that's a much easier way to launch a program and to get your stakeholders in these local markets comfortable with it. So our goal has always been to be the first or second into these markets, which have considerably more pop, a much considerably larger customer base in Canada. If you recall, Canada only has about 36 million people. It's roughly the population of California. And I want and to talk about of guys going after that. And I want to definitely talk about. Uh, we're going to go into commercial in a minute, but I want to definitely talk about that that ambitious expansion into areas that do not have licensed uh, LPs there yet. And that's obviously mm-hmm. you know to make that step in there is very important, and it's a, it's a great first step really for that global expansion because we're seeing that a lot. And just talking to another guest beforehand, uh, the idea of I was always wondering 
why all these certain companies were you know able to merge with each other put out so many billions of dollars in mergers and some of the places we've talked to about how much how much space they're growing out and how many people they're bringing in regular resources because you're asking yourself okay this can't just be for Canada. This, this, they're building themselves as such large outfits because they're going to service the world. That is the plan for it. Now, as for Biome, uh, there's a word that, uh, that your company said to be, quote, built for growth and built to last in an exciting but volatile space that will see much shakeup in the coming months and years, end quote. So what's the forecast on how the next five years should look for your company? Obviously, you're going the ambitious route, going to Asia and Africa. What other things are Biome doing right now? No, fair enough. So we we started in, in Canada. That's our home country. I, I think the, the the reason that everyone's talking about uh, you know as you mentioned the uh, the the OPEC of, of of cannabis around the world for Canada. Canada is known for one thing more than anything else right now internationally. We're the uh, leading experts in an industrial scale production of cannabis at, at a pharmaceutical grade. Right. And uh, that, we're known for that more than I don't know maple syrup or whatever. Right. Uh, uh, so there, there's a narrow window of there to take advantage. Of. If we don't do that, take advantage of it now. It's going to be, you know, we're going to lose that advantage to some Western European country because there's so many medical programs coming online. We'll figure out eventually, right? So there's a narrow, which is why we growing quickly is important to us. And getting back to your other question, yeah, people are building millions of square feet in Canada. It doesn't make any sense to me. We have a supply shortage right now, but I, I'm forecasting by middle to late 2020 that supply shortage goes away, and then we move to a surplus condition which will result in most of these cannabis companies in Canada going bankrupt. The three or four or five largest guys will probably survive because it's got big balance sheets. Yeah. But what happens to the rest of these companies, right? So when we started our company a little later on, uh, you know, we helped build some of these larger companies when we were investing back because we know what works and doesn't work. I, didn't, I had no interest in competing head-to-head against a Canopy or, or, or any of these guys or a Tilray because I can't. I'm, I'm relatively new player to this, so we have to do things differently. So how we do things differently is establish a niche beachhead in Canada, Atlanta, Canada primarily, where there's a lot, a lot, not a lot of competition and most of the large guys are ignoring opportunity out there, so that made sense to us. Leverage that, plus our previous track record of helping build some of the largest cannabis companies to go overseas in markets where you know where you know it's it's a new market. There's not a lot of competition, and we've got years to grow there. So that's how we survive this pending onslaught and correction we're expecting in Canada, where most of these uh, hundreds of newer or younger licenses probably won't be around in the next little while. But you know what's funny? Well, well, I will say this too: is that I think some of these companies that might, just like you said, they might go by the wayside and they might fizzle out after a while mm-hmm. i think they have built particularly good equity because they're relatively new companies relatively new facilities so if these other companies look to expand their operations into another market and just continue to build out they could just take over another company take their facilities and just continue to go forward those other companies that will stand out will expand and just gobble up the others that's what i think would happen uh, no, I think I think it's, here's the interesting thing there. If you look at the three or four large companies that built out their inti- internal production dramatically, whether it's Neuro or yeah. Canopy specifically, they don't need to buy other companies in Canada to keep expanding. Uh, yeah, you know, if you hear speak to Bruce Linton, he sort of said, "Look, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to buy anyone in Canada because I build my facilities a certain way. Why buy someone else's facility which I don't think is built right now to rebuild it, which we agree with? Yeah, okay. uh, you know. So uh, that's part of the thing. The other thing you have to bear in mind is. The way to, unless the regs dramatically change in Canada, we produce the most expensive weed in the world, or pretty close to it. Yeah. So if I'm targeting international markets, I am not going to be growing that, that cannabis product in Canada. It doesn't make any sense. The economics are horrible here uh, compared to growing yeah. it in other jurisdictions. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so, which is why, as Biome as a company, we want to grow as little as possible as we can in Canada. I'd rather have someone else do the farming for me, quite frankly. 
because uh, that's where the commoditization is going to happen. And I'd rather be downstream with brands and, and offtake agreements, and, and that's where the margins reside. Um, so, and, but we have to grow for international markets. We will grow overseas and supply with international markets. There's a couple of our international markets we're working on right now that want to bait in Canada products which I find annoying. <laughs> but huh. for those, we're, we're going to grow our expensive, we're building out our expensive facilities in Canada to, to meet those requirements. But uh, where I can avoid it, I'll either buy from other people uh, who can grow for me once they've proved to me they can grow, or I will build my own facilities overseas that are a fraction of the cost of what it costs to build in Canada. And anybody who's building a million square feet now in Canada and isn't the one, two or three largest players, it's just suicide waiting to happen. It doesn't make any Oof. sense at all. That's a strong statement. I'll tell you, the other thing, too, is with all the people we've talked to, those Canadian companies, you know, the regulations are just so much. And I think the election season will be, this year for Canada, will be quite interesting to see how much mm-hmm. cannabis is brought up. And then whoever comes in, you know, if Trudeau is able to stay and stay uh, retain another term or if it's going to be somebody else, exactly. what kind of changes can be made? Because it's really all about what the government does over there if things get right. loosened up so that – there's a chance for more companies to survive. So, uh, anyway, I'm here with you. I think it will oh, loosen up, but I don't think it will loosen up anytime soon, right? So, which is why, yeah. you know, we, we are call ourselves an efficient company, right? Where we will spend as little as possible. So, we're, you know, here to get them up and running and spend more elsewhere so we can survive even if regulations don't change. So, we, we're preparing for the worst, but we can achieve cash flow and revenue projections that you would typically, uh, it would typically cost hundreds of millions of dollars of capital investment to produce. We just let other people grow for us and we spend tens of millions of dollars instead of hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's how you build a you know more intelligent, efficient platform in this day and age. If this was five years ago, I'd be building massive facilities in Canada. Uh, but this is not five years ago and we know, mm-hmm. kind of know what's coming next. We know what the regs are in other countries. It's just, it's much more lucrative to be in other countries to grow up with a Canadian brand. I agree with your business model. The whole idea of trying to really create a real efficient, well-oiled machine is exactly the right way to go. And I like where you guys are going with that. Absolutely. So, again, I'm here with the CEO of Biome, Karam Malik. We'll be back with more questions with him in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about the USCC Expo, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo for 2019. It's coming August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Early bird registration is available now. Got to tell you about this real quick. It's available now for $99 between now and May 1st. So go ahead and log in right now to usccexpo.com. Little thing that you might not know about, if you want to find a way to get your ticket paid for, well, there's a way for you to email and share the link to the registration to friends and na- friends and neighbors and peers and people that you work with, you network with. Make sure they come to the show because they're able to get a discount, which will be able to give you a discount even so much of a discount, you might get your pass paid in full. Learn more about it at usccexpo.com. Get your early bird pass now today. And if you're looking to reserve your booth or you want to be sponsoring the show, we still have room available. It's not too late. Go to usccexpo.com to talk to one of our people that will help you out with exhibiting and vending and sponsoring of the show. We hope to see you there August 3rd and 4th. We're back with more with Kara Malik here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. 
Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm joined by Kerem Malik of CEO of Biome here on Blunt Business, presented by usccexpo.com. Uh, Kerem, I want to read to you a story from a story posted on Financial Buzz. They said this, quote, Cannabis is enjoying a global perspective shift on legalization. However, the industry is still heavily hindered by certain regulations. Nonetheless, many companies are exploring opportunities within the market for medical applications. So we talked already briefly about what you're trying to do now to get into Asian Africa to be one of those early LPs. So what is it that's happening in Asian Africa that's opening the doors for a company like Biome to start making these inroads? Yeah, which is, you know, the hearts and minds are changing, right? They're looking at cannabis as a solution for a lot of things. But these are vibrant economies with very strong healthcare programs. When you think of Africa, you can no longer think of Africa, for example, as an impoverished continent. There's right. plenty of well-developed uh, healthcare programs and infrastructure in those countries that have been built over the last 15, 20 years now that civil wars and other sort of conflicts have ended. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you can be driving through uh, some, you know, some Central African countries and, and, and the capital look more clean and green than what we've seen in, in our major cities here in North America, which is uh, <laughs> sad, but it, it is what it is. But yeah, so it's right for uh, you know for, for, for us to go in and sort of cater to those, those massive populations, right? Uh, that, that have the infrastructure, the money to spend, the sophistication from a healthcare perspective, you know, in terms of hospitals, clinics, et cetera, and a willingness to, to look at alternative ways of treating themselves. And the good thing about the medical market, and like the recreational market, which can quantize very quickly, is that, uh, you know, margins and prices and patents and drug identification, all that is sticky stuff. Right? You can actually have a lot of proprietary stuff in there that gives you a competitive advantage for years to come whether you're first in the market or second in the market or, or later in the market. Whereas on the recreational side, it, yeah, you can have a margin that's attractive today. It may not be there tomorrow. Good stuff. Now, according to verified market intelligence, uh, so study that was given here, they said that they reported the global marijuana market is valued now in American dollars, $42.20 billion in 2017. And is expected to reach by 2025. Get this, $466 billion Eight hundred ten thousand, uh, yeah, four point four six six point eight one billion dollars by twenty twenty five. Now, Europe and Latin American region are attractive areas 
for many companies' established operations. Europe's overall cannabis market is projected to reach $66.8 billion within the next five years. Latin America, $12.7, million, uh, $12.7 billion by 2028. That's according to a report by Prohibition Partners. Now, just to give some more information now. The research notes that several European countries have passed medical marijuana legislation, legislation recently, and there's a 50% chance they could, a few more could pass recreational laws. So now, Karim, how do you view this idea of cannabis companies preparing for this possible global expansion? Maybe not just in Canada, but just worldwide, just in other mm-hmm. areas. This chance is there for them too. Yeah, you know what it is. This is one of those rare situations in history where, at least in our lifetime, that you you go from nothing to something very big very quickly. It's happened, you know, in the tech sector, or the internet, and a few other sort of verticals in there. But it's uh, it's it, 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 it's a challenge. Because that's a lot of growth in that. If you look at us, we're about 40 employees right now. We're going to 400 employees very quickly. That's what keeps me up at night more wow. than anything else. How do you manage that growth? And you know, and if you look at most of the management teams of, of these cannabis companies, whether in the states or in the U.S., not, almost not a single team has ever managed anything in their pre- previous history that's been able to handle that kind of growth. This is the first time for everybody. So, from an investor standpoint. Yeah, the execution risk should be a big deal to people because, uh, yeah, for some people need to raise money, but where is that money being spent? Is it being spent intelligently or not? That's what the question is because the, uh, the prize is so large that people tend to get a little uh, loose and goosey with the money in terms of deal discipline goes out the door, which is what's gotten a lot of our, some of the largest Canadian companies in Canada under regulatory in a, in a spotlight recently. So uh, so it, it's a challenge. Uh, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's a big market. Either. All I'm sort of saying was earlier, yeah, I don't think those tens of billions of dollars of additional product business coming online. Those aren't going to be supply of a product being grown in Canada, right? It's going to be Canadian know-how and American know-how being set up in other jurisdictions. They want to create jobs there too, right? Why would they uh, bring in product when you can grow it over there? Yeah. I want to take from that same article a quote from John Billings. He's the head of cultivation for the farm dispensary. He says this, quote, as more markets open, international trade begins and research and science take a front seat in the coming years. There's no reason to think this trend will not continue. Growing plants and varietals with higher concentrate returns will help keep production costs down. You have old players like Israel, Jamaica, GW Pharmaceuticals in the U.S., new players like Canada, Mexico coming into the scene with their own ideas and plans. What are your thoughts, Chrome, on international trade and how research and science will play a significant role, say, with your company and with others? I agree. I mean, if somebody's setting up a, a cannabis company, just a generic cannabis company, a product out the door, you're going to get killed very quickly because there's a lot of R&D dollars being spent in proprietary technology and, R- and right. development. We're at just the very nascent stage of what you can do with a cannabis plant or a hemp plant for that matter. It's very early stage. So, you know, a perfect example would be if you and I consumed a, a bottle of wine together, we shared a bottle of wine, we may get tipsy to a different degree, we'll have, but it'll be roughly the, you know, a similar experience. You and I try the same strain of cannabis, you may fall asleep, I could be bouncing off the walls. There's a lack of consistency <laughs> that requires development and science. Just at, so just at that fundamental level, of, you know, you're peddling a uh, consumer product and you can't exactly tell your consumer how it's going to affect you. That's the problem. <laughs> so a lot of R&D has to go at that fundamental to get that to work before you even think about esoteric things like, uh, you know, this treats this, this medical condition better than this or this is a much more efficient delivery system. That kind of stuff's been worked on too. So there's a lot that still has to be happened. That, you know, it's unfortunately happened over the last hundred years, but uh, because of, uh, un- you know, political pressures and stigma and all that hasn't happened. So we're trying to catch up as quickly as we can. So what you think of the cannabis company to, uh, products today in the industry today, it's going to be very different five or 10 years from now. And, and those changes will allow it 
so they get a heck of a lot more social acceptance. So whether it's CBD being fortified in every food product you buy from like a Kraft or Nabisco or any sort of consumer product company, to, you know, doctors and uh, clinicians regularly prescribing THC and CBD-based meds to treat a variety of conditions that you would typically have to go to a traditional pharmaceutical company, the world's going to be very different. It's a very uh, robust plant that you can do a lot of things, but you can, you can feed people with it, you can cure diseases of people, you, you can house people with it. So, and none of that's really been uh, taken advantage of until very recently, right? So it, yeah. it, it, I would close it to say it's probably the most versatile plant on the planet right now. If, if you properly extract all the different potential you can get out of it. And I can only imagine the kind of spend you have to also make on that just because of the staff you're bringing, you're bringing on board. You know, I talked about other companies in previous shows about how, you know, you need to have a significant amount of uh, staffing just for regulation, regulatory compliance yeah. for the Task Force of Cannabis Regulation and Health Canada. So I can imagine that same kind of per- another percentage similar or more to research and development as well. That Those kind of things take into account. So when you have to put it all together, it's just so uh, – that's what's the deal with Canada. But obviously, you're finding the ways to get around that and to really push out and do more. So – Let's get back to Africa and Asia. There's, let's look at what mm-hmm. is happening right now and the room to start making moves. So I'm sure, Kuram, you already know about this, but we're going we're gonna to fill in the listeners on this and t- give us some knowledge to all of you. In Asia, South Korea's legislature, this is the most recent news we have, passed a medical cannabis law as the country's National Assembly approved the amendment to the Narcotics Control Act on November 23rd to allow for medical marijuana. So there you go. People's Republic of China is well positioned to dominate the global market and the therapeutic cannabinoid CBD and they're responsible for, you said earlier, uh, producing a third of the global total supply of hemp. In Africa, Zimbabwe and Lesotho have been authorized have authorized cannabis cultivation licenses and medical cannabis has been legalized. And also in South Africa, they've decriminalized cannabis as the constitutional court decision in September held the legalization of the adult use and cultivation of pot in private. Parliament is expected to determine soon what quantity of marijuana is deemed acceptable for personal use and cultivation since the constitutional court did not offer specifics. So, you know about, I'm sure you know already been read about that, but really, for yourselves, what will be the right market to start with and first in regards to Asia and Africa? Yeah, a couple of the ones that you mentioned, and uh, but really the key ones are that nobody, that they haven't announced it yet. That's where we're neck deep in, uh, in, in, in negotiations at work. Um, so, uh, so you have to stay tuned on that front. So typically, if you haven't heard about it, that's probably where we are uh, by design. <laughs> uh, but even like if you look at the Korean ones, or if you look at the Chinese ones, right? Those are very early, right? They, they don't, it doesn't mean that, let's say Korea is publishing, for example, or they're, uh, they're ratifying it on the 12th of March next, next month. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that there's a medical program ready to go. It's a very restrictive program, right? So, it, it, but but it's still very attractive, right? So, uh, so and, but other countries have similar things coming online. So yeah, it's it, but if, when you add the populations that are in these countries that you've mentioned, and you compare it to like a California or just a Canada alone, it it they you know they dwarf them. So that's what's really exciting. Yeah. And uh, and there's very little people catering to them, right? If you look in Canada, we've got over 150 licenses right now, which is yeah, way more than enough. Wow. There's, and like you said, I can only imagine what you're doing right now to go ahead and be a part of those markets. 
and the kind of travel you have to make to go ahead and make, you know, to really start negotiating with these countries and the kind of things yeah. you have to do, because that's another thing, that's another story in itself, what you have to go and do to, you know, start creating these, these foster these relationships. That's got to be. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's our expertise, right? I mean, uh, unlike other kind of, I mean, we've built renewable power plants all over the world in some of the most difficult jurisdictions there are. So the psychology, again, I'm not, we're not, ex- we're not ingrained in every single country, but in enough of these countries where we can go and, and make quite a bit of headway. But yeah, it's right. a lot of work and it's, it's exhausting and it's, it's very frustrating at times. And every country has its own unique personality you have to sort of navigate through to, to get things from point A to point B. And sometimes it can take a long time. So the problem going first or going early or trying to convince someone to do something, it, it, it's aggravating and difficult. But yeah, there, there's, there's the light at the end of the tunnel versus, you know, waiting for a country to say, okay, we're ready to go. Come and put your applications in, right? By that, by that point, as far as I'm concerned, it's too late for a side company of our size. If we were like in two or three years, it'll be fine, but I'm not a giant company yet uh, yeah. with the giant resources, right? Uh, being small, I got to pick my spots where I, where I can get in early and quickly without having to have a multi-billion dollar balance sheet. Hopefully we have that down the run yeah. and then we can you know, have a team that goes to every possible country possible and sets up a country manager and wait for things to happen. So I imagine some of you cannabis business owners are listening to Blunt Business right now. Wherever you're listening to the show from, you must be think you must be looking at dollar signs right now. Just hearing about this information because to me it's like wow, it's you know you thought Wild West was was already had been here for the last few years. No, wait till we see global expansion because it is coming. And you, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you see now that what I uh, talked about is true, and it's starting in Canada. And I'm so really thankful that Karam Malik here, CEO of Biome. Has, is here with us and Karam please stick around with us for a little bit more got a couple more questions uh, before you guys got your next flight we'll talk to Karam with final questions here after this rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business the smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network Founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. 
sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with final questions here on the home stretch with Karam Malik, the CEO of Biome, B-I-O-M-E. So one thing I wanted to point out is that Biome, uh, from reports I have here, quote, has learned from the mistakes and the successes of the cannabis companies that have come before us and is using those lessons to quickly become one of Canada's leaders in medical and recreational cannabis businesses, end quote. Talk to me, Kerm, about if the good difficulties you might have experienced have more to do with the Canadian regulators than anything else. I think it was. Again, so Canada was the first major jurisdiction to go live with a federally mandated or legalized medical program. So when we were helping to build some of these early movers that are now the giants in the, in the space, there was no textbook for this. We, had right. to, we sort of all made it up as we went along. So, uh, you know, and a lot of these things are not obvious. How Canada won't tell you. There's nowhere uh, to get, you know, small nuances can, in terms of how you build a cannabis production facility, for example, can cost you tens of millions of dollars in, in wasted capital investment if you don't know what you're doing. Right. And, and it's very subtle little things, right? So knowing that secret sauce and, 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 and avoiding those pitfalls and, and figuring out, okay, but if we did this one tiny thing here, I worked with this guy, if we took that and expanded it over here on a larger scale, that's all we did. Mm-hmm. We can stretch it like a $5 million investment pretty far instead of having to spend $20 million doing it the conventional way. You know, the, the, the delta in terms of capital investment to produce a certain amount of revenue is enormous. So, uh, <clears throat> so, you, so that, and that's hard to find. So when, if you look at most of these licenses in Canada, because the regs here are so difficult that have come online, let's say the last 50 unique licenses, they have no idea what they're gonna, what they're gonna be going through for the next little while. And the reason there's a supply shortage here in Canada is not that we don't have enough licenses. A lot of this, oh, no. these capacity on the books doesn't know how to produce cannabis and it'll take a year or two after you get a license to get any consistent quality at the door. So, you know, it, that's why the shortage is gonna last for a while. Unless the regs dramatically change, I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. They, they're going to be modestly tweaked as we go along, as we've seen so far. So unless you've been in this sector for at least four, five, six years and, and, and sort of experienced these mistakes, you're not going to hit the ground running day one. We did in our facility because we knew what uh, what to do and what not to do because we, we you know we made some of those mistakes ourselves so we knew how to avoid them uh, as as service providers to our former clients so yeah that's 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 the problem right I mean it, uh, the regs are really difficult to navigate which results in a very expensive uh, industry to do anything in, and a very once even it's built it's very expensive industry to operate anything in so. In some ways, it's good and bad because, uh, you know, it gives us a competitive advantage. But in general, it's bad because it doesn't build a vibrant uh, cannabis industry right away. It takes years to get that point. And unfortunately, the black market's not going away anytime soon because they're not handcuffed like we are. Uh, we'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll snap out the black market, with, not based on regulations, purely based on, you know, capital market, you know, uh, capitalism. And yeah, it's having a better product because we have the balance sheets that they don't have. But it'll take a while to get there. We could get there today if the regs were different, but they're not. No, and it's like I said. There's we've have really chronicled here on Cannabis Radio alone. The word from the dispensaries, those from the people that are consuming, those that are just just the ongoing issues where people celebrated back in October, but then it's honestly yeah. reality set in, and people saw what kind of restrictions and what a, a suffocation by the government on what they're doing with regulations here, which hopefully this will get turned around because the people are going to be voicing their, their opinion about it. They're going to, and they're going to probably use their vote to make that happen in more cases than one. But obviously... Yes, you're right. We're already seeing that right now. And, yeah. and, and, and what you'll see in the next two or three months, some of the smaller provinces are going to say we're fed up 
with this, and we're going to let uh, gray market product come into the system because uh, as long as it's tested by the same people that the legal market product tested by in terms of the labs, for, for a temporary basis, we're going to let it come in because it, the shortage is not letting up anytime soon. It'll get better as every month goes forward, but it's going to last over a year, right? So uh, that frustration is going to manifest itself in some interesting things where the provinces will move and say, right, we're going to take some gray market product in, and it's going to have a conflict with the uh, with the federal government saying, no, you can't do it. And then the province are going to say, yeah. hey, what are you going to do about it? Oh, and let me tell you, Quebec is going to be the first province that's going to be most vocal. I mean, seeing the, the things that are there, it's a travesty. I'm just, it's just, it's saddening to see all that. Uh, yeah. So, Kuram Malik, CEO of Biome, you know, I, I'm grateful that you took time to join us here on Blunt Business. Great conversation. Real quickly, go ahead and talk to our listeners real quick and, you know, take a few moments just to go ahead and talk about Biome and how people can learn more about how to go and work with you and, you know, what can you do to kind of be a part of what you're doing and learn more? Sure. Look, we're a young company. We just went public a couple of months ago in the Canadian Stock Exchange under the ticker BIO. Uh, we have we have, a lot of stuff we're talking about. It, you know, we haven't announced yet, right? We're growing quickly. Again, forty employees. We're in four hundred. You go to our website and and look up employment opportunities. We need a lot of talent and a lot of people. And as I mentioned earlier uh, in, in this interview, that's what keeps me up at night. Can I find enough good, enthusiastic people? I'm not looking for cannabis experts necessarily. I'm looking for people that are enthusiastic about the business. Also, investors so just uh, just keep an eye on us. We're doing things that we're, we're really weird and, and, and unusual when we put out a press release it confuses people more than anything else when you put it out because it doesn't it doesn't it looks odd when a company of our size does things right but but this is a very very done it before team where we're doing things differently at scale which only the largest companies in canada can do we can just do it more efficiently in our opinion but also we're building a business that's going to last a long time so if you come and work with us you know we're looking for people that want long-term careers not just going in and out for one or two years and the way we do that is we've got technology. We we got know how we've got educational tools nobody else has. We have a virtual reality training company that nobody else has that trains our employees, trains consumers how to safely consume cannabis. So you know we're we're thinking outside of the box to make more efficient ways of, of producing a better informed consumer, but also a, a better informed and happy uh, you know partner or employee. So uh, so stay tuned. There's a lot going on and uh, and. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't confuse people for much longer, but uh, you know, we're effectively a startup in conglomerate. That's not something you learn in business school. Conglomerate should not be startups. You should do one thing real well, and then you should do another thing later yes. on. But we're doing 20 <clears throat> things from the, from the beginning because we know what we're doing because we've done it for other people before. Right. But, and there's opportunity out there. It may, may not be out there six months from now, so we're, we're taking advantage of all we can. So, so it's uh, so it, it keeps. So what I'm saying, a lot of balls in the air, but uh, everything they're bouncing in the right direction. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. You don't have to go and speak for everybody. You have a great team around you, and obviously, you're doing a lot of good by the way you're doing business. And you know, I hope the for the best for your company, opening opening these doors for Asian Africa. And I hope people are grateful that you're able to open these doors for people because this expansion is important, especially for your your, your friends, your Canadian fellows, but also for everybody that is. Uh, in cannabis, in cannabis business, they want to see this happen. So, thanks for being a part I, of I this. Agree. Thanks for Thank making you so the push. Much for taking the time to hear it. Yeah, and okay. give me the website Pleasure. one more time for everybody. Uh, Biomegrow.com. And we've recently changed our tagline. We're no longer the next Canadian conglomerate. We're the uh, conscious cannabis company because of how we treat our customers, our communities, and our, and our cost, and, and and the overall sort of uh, sector in general. It's just uh, it's a different way of sort of uh, building a business where you can be you know environmentally and uh, socially conscious. Uh, but, but still it creates tremendous amounts of wealth for uh, your investors at the same time. There we go. B-I-O-M-E grow.com. Make sure you check them out. Uh, so again, Chrome, th- thanks again for being with us. Now, <clears throat> before we go and finish up sure. on the show, 
like mm-hmm. I said, you know, we're so thankful to have uh, as our sponsors of the program the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Again, it's coming August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami, Florida. Great time of year to go and come down here and really learn so much. Be one of the many thousands of entrepreneurs, innovators, and consumers to come here. Early bird registration is available now. $99 for a pass. Early bird right now before May 1st. Go to usccexpo.com and most importantly, do this for me. When you get the confirmation for that registration, make sure to share that link to whomever you can that would be interested in coming or get them to come with you. You know, you always want to have friends to come along and enjoy all the sites, all the networking we're going to have at the shows, all the different sessions we'll have, great exhibitors, hundreds of exhibitors, a loaded stock market looking traffic uh, type of expo floor. It was crowded last year. It's going to be crowded again this year. You want to take time to be a part of all that and not miss it. So, you know, of course, Florida, medical cannabis market, obviously recreational is not that far away. People here in Florida, we're looking to get that vote happening so that recreational will be here someday. So it's a matter of learning more, getting educated, getting informed. We're going to do it here at the USCC Expo. So again, get your early bird passes, $99 before May 1st. Go to usccexpo.com. Thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.